Sometimes it just feels like you're buried six feet under. Maybe it felt that way this morning. Um, and you just wanted to pull the covers back up over you. Sometimes it feels like you can't get up. It feels like it's too difficult, too hard. At some point or another in your life, you're going to come to that point if you're a human being. And as far as I can see, well, a couple might not be, but most of us are human beings in here. And um, sometimes it's just challenging. Life is difficult. It's hard. It's, um, it pals upon us. And, and there could be moments where we could consider just giving up or giving in. And it's in those moments that we realize one thing or another. Either we believe in the God who we say we believe in, or we say there's a God and we deny his power. So at some point in our lives, one of those two options occurs to us when we're buried or six feet under. God wants us to run this race that's marked out for us. We saw last week that there are ways to do that, and there are reasons that we don't run it in a proper way. Yet, even in the midst of running the race, you will have times where you will be knocked down, where it feels like you're on life support. Maybe that's how you feel right now. In fact, in January and February, it's very common for people to feel buried, for people to feel um, depressed, for people to feel um, that they can't go on. It's the winter doldrums that kick in, and it's dark at 6 o'clock, and it feels like you went to work when it was dark, and you got home when it was dark, and um, all you have left is uh, Duck Dynasty. And, uh, um, and after so many episodes of Duck Dynasty, you've seen them all. But God gives us a snapshot into our lives today that we can get up no matter how desperate, no matter how dark, no matter how deep it is. In fact, not only can we get up from the circumstances that we find ourselves in, but we can overcome and we can be victorious. So I don't know where you're at today, but I suspect that there have been times you've been down. There's times that you feel like you're six feet under and it's like the dirt's just piling on top of you and you feel like you're going to get buried in this hole. The Word of God says in those times, we need to talk to ourselves instead of listen to ourselves. We need to remind ourselves by the power of Jesus Christ living in us and the resurrection power that took him out of the grave that we too can be resurrected from this situation. We need reminders of that. They come in all kinds of forms, all kinds of ways. And, and sometimes they come in really abstract ways that we can do this. Let, let, let me show you what I mean. Take a look at this. We can do this. We can get up.
me. Well, maybe I'm just a little different there. Maybe you're, praise God, hallelujah, he's out of there. I want to jump in that cab. Say, you can do this. Get up. All of me was saying that no matter how deeply you're buried in the ground, no matter how deep the water, no matter if you tried to go in reverse and water is covering the radiator, don't give up. Get up. Get up. Get up now. Today, we're going to see a group of people who were buried six feet under, who had found themselves in another country. They were in bondage and slavery. The national anthem wasn't their own. It was a tune of another country. They were no longer able to make decisions. They were eating food that wasn't food that they were familiar with. Yet God will speak into their lives and say, it's not over. It's not over. Get up. Get up. Get up. I want to go back and remind you of that truth again this week. That we got to run a race. But in running so, we must untangle ourselves. But in order to get there, we must know that there will be times when this race is difficult, when the obstacles in front of us seem more than what we can handle, when sometimes we are buried six feet under, that it is possible, even when we're on life support, to get up, get up now. Grab your Bibles. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, it is where all the pages stick together. And you haven't been there in a long time. But go to Ezekiel chapter 37. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. We'll put one in your hand. And fathers, if you're here today and you didn't bring your Bible and you're the leader of the family, you better grab one and bring it next week. Ezekiel chapter 37. We're going to read Ezekiel chapter... Don't be ashamed. Put your hand up. Don't turn to your wife and use hers. You lead, men. You lead. Ezekiel chapter 37. Let's read Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. Would you stand with me and we'll read it together? Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 14. Let's read it out loud. Ready? Read. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. And set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, 
prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O people. And I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, you will know what I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. I will settle in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. You may have a seat. It is obvious that Israel, God's people, us, God's people, were in a desolate, desperate, dry, dead time. They were in captivity. They were in a foreign country. Once again, they found themselves six feet under. God comes to Ezekiel and he says this. This is what I plan to do. Tell your people that it's not over. Tell your people to get up. Tell your people that these dry bones, these dead bones, the slain around, tell them that there will be a day that I will breathe ruha, life. Hebrew word into you and you will walk and you will return to your home land. Yet God needs us today to remember this passage too. There will be times in our lives when it appears like we're far away from where we thought we would be. We're deeper in this pit than we ever imagined it could be. It's dark. It's desperate. It seems like it's over. And God wants to breathe life into you today through his word to say, it's not over. You don't need to hear and listen to the voices that constantly remind you that it's over. It's not over. As long as you have breath and the living God is living in you, Ruah, the spirit is in you, you can get up now. Last week, we saw that there's this race marked out for us. But there's a section in that passage that I purposely left out for today. Quickly turn back there to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 1 again. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Look what the author in Hebrews says here. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Therefore... Since we are what? What's the word? By such a great cloud of what? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We must remind ourselves of this truth that you and I are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. By those in Hebrews 11 and, and all the people who have passed on. By your mother and father that's passed that knew Jesus Christ. By your brother or sister, aunt or uncle, grandmother, father, whomever it is. By those who live the, the, the faith in Jesus Christ well. They are surrounding you. They've walked on. They are saying, listen, it's not over. This, it's worth the fight. 
And if those people could speak today, they can't. If they were able to, they would tell you, there's a God that loves you way more than you can imagine. Listen, and he's more powerful than you ever thought. You need to get up and let him help you. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Why is that important to us? Because we need to be reminded that you and I are not alone. Sometimes in the midst of the very worst condition of our lives, whether by our own poor sinful choices, whether by testing from God, whether by circumstances, whatever they are, sometimes when we're buried, we think we're all alone. And the author of Hebrews reminds us, listen, you're not alone. You and I are surrounded by great faith-filled saints of the past who are in the presence of Jesus Christ. Stop and consider what that could mean to you and me today and why we need to be reminded that we're surrounded by, on all sides, a great cloud of witnesses. Why is that important to us? Because there are these moments when if we listen to ourselves instead of talk to ourselves, we think we are doing it all alone. Yet who doesn't need a fan in their corner from time to time. Seriously, don't you need someone in your life that says, with God's help, you can do this. Don't you need sometimes just to hear a passage of scripture that says, God promises never to leave you nor forsake you. Don't you need to spend time in his, don't, don't you just need sometimes to listen to a, a beautiful worship song that's been written that talks about the power of God and who we are in Christ? Everyone needs moments and people and music and the word of God to remind us that we're not alone in this battle. Who doesn't need a friend standing on the sidelines, cheering them on and saying, you can do this. Don't give up. Keep pressing on. It will be worth all the blood, sweat, and tears. Don't you just need that from time to time on social media? How often do people just put a reply out there and says, man, I'm walking through a difficult time. And they just want someone out there to say, pray, praying, check, I got you. Like, I hear you. I just prayed for you. Doesn't it just juice you up with hope when you see someone just type in the word prayed? We are surrounded on all sides by a God and by a group of saints who have went before us cheering us on. So picture if you can, the next time you're walking through a difficult time, these, these saints of the past, your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your grandfather, Moses and the crew standing there and saying, get up, you can do this. It's a beautiful imagery and often I go there and just remind myself. Recently I was at a Fairfield basketball game for my son. The game was over in the auxiliary gym. And so we walked to the main gym. There was a wrestling match going on. And when I walked into the gym, there was this wrestler from Fairfield. He was on his back. And if you've ever watched wrestling, you know that you're on your back. That's not a good place to be. And he was on his back, and the ref was down low. And he was like this, ready just at one, two, three. And something amazing happened at the moment. Remind me of this passage. All of a sudden, from the Fairfield side, 
all these other teammates circled around on their side, started screaming, roll over, roll over, build a base, build a base. You can do this. And I watched Coach Dan Glugowski, face red, veins popping. I thought he were at the resuscitating, standing on the side saying, roll over, build a base. You can do this. And so I watched this wrestler who was seconds away from tapping out. He's lying on the ground. His head's this way. And all of a sudden, he turns his head this way. And he's looking at all these crazy lunatic teammates screaming. And I watched this adrenaline pump into this wrestler. He drew from the support of his team. He gained the the passion and the will to. I watched him roll over, and then Dan yells, build a base. And I watched him build a base and stand up. And then I watched him do something that was just quite remarkable. Turn, spin around, and get a three-point reversal. Listen, God wants us to have some reversals in our lives. And he has saints that have went on, standing and saying, don't roll over. Build a base. You can do this. Don't we all need that from time to time? Someone that believes in the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Don't you need that from time to time? We need it. And so Ezekiel is hearing from God and God says, those people need someone to tell them it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. You see, if the heroes of the past could speak to you and I today, they can't. They would say these very words. Don't roll over. Fight back. Get up. It's worth it. You can do this. You see, the enemy wants us to convince us otherwise. He wants us to throw the white towel in. He wants to say, hey, just take the white towel, throw it in. Just throw in the white flag, just throw it in. Give up, you're too deep. It's too, too, too difficult. You'll never get out of this hole. And so while he's speaking those words of doom and gloom, you have a great cloud of witnesses that are saying, you can do this. I cannot tell you how important a word of encouragement is. And God himself knows that. So he would often speak through his prophets. And he would say, you need to go tell my people these things. They need to be reminded of this. Think about it in boxing. Have you ever considered that? You watch a boxing match. Guys go out, they duke together, they hit, they get bruised, they give jabs, jabs, uppercuts. And so they get hit. And then they sit back down in their corner. They can't. They're backed into a corner. And when he works his way over, when the bell rings, he sits down. And then his trainer slides through the ropes. He comes around and he faces him in the corner. 
And he says words like this, you can do this. Don't give up. Punch this way, hit that way, come this way. Listen, and he wipes the sweat and blood off him. And he's this corner man. He says, you can do this. How many times have you been backed into a corner and it seems hopeless? You got beat up and bruised after 10 rounds, nine rounds, eight rounds, and you feel like giving up. And God is saying, listen, listen, Christ followers. You might be backed into the corner. You might be down in in the total count of this battle. But listen, he hops over the ring. He comes around and says, listen, get up. It's not over. How many times have you seen a corner man pour hope and just juice into this veins of this guy who seems whipped and beat. You will never conquer anything that we're not willing to confront. And so the guy in the corner says, listen, get up, get back out there and fight. Get up, get back out there and use a different strategy. Get up, get back out there I believe in you. Smartphones have some really, really interesting apps. Some really, really good apps. And they have some that are just quite useless. But if you've ever run, there's a Nike app called the running app. And so when you run, you you put this band on your arm or you place your phone in your pocket and you hit run and it charts out your course. And so along the way, it tells you what your pace is as a mile. I use it all the time. And so when I'm running, I can know what my mile pace is, and it it adds up the total miles that I've run, and I quite frankly enjoy it. It helps me to keep track. But there's also a feature that I personally don't use (coughs) that I think is pretty, pretty awesome. There's a feature on the Nike app that it's called Cheer Me On. And so you can literally post before you run that you're getting ready to run. And so if you're a Facebook friend of that person, you can literally type something in. And while this person is running with earbuds in their ears, this this voice says what you typed. And so as you're running, whatever you typed gets spoken to that person. Well, Ted Rondo was running once staff member here at Grace, and I saw it. I said, oh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to cheer him on. (laughs) And so I began to think, what words could I type to cheer him on? I won't tell you everything I typed, but I'll tell you what I did type. I wrote these words down, and I typed in. I said, Ted, I'm coming behind you. So he's running, and all of a sudden this voice comes on, and I said, Jim is coming behind you. And then I type, run faster. (laughs) I love that app. But I never put anybody, I never post so people could cheer me on, because I know what those cheers would be. (laughs) But don't we all need from time to time Someone to cheer us on. So God goes to Ezekiel. He says, hey, you're the voice of the people who are six feet under. You're the voice of these dead bones. You're the voice of people that have quite frankly given up. 
I want you to go to them and speak the word of the Lord to them. And so literally, he's standing in a valley, this text says, of dead bones, of those who have been slain. And all he sees are corpse, not even tendons and flesh. Dead, smelly graveyard. The Israelites are in captivity. And so the text shows us Ezekiel standing there and hearing from God. By the way, graveyards are reminders that the battle is supposed to be over. And as best as we can see here in Ezekiel, it is humanly impossible for the Israelites to pull out of this hole. Yet Jesus is saying to Ezekiel, you need to go to them and tell them they got a caravan of supporters of saints who have already walked through more than what they walked through, cheering them on. So when you think you can't go on, and the Goliaths begin to stack up in front of you, remember this, God has spoken. With his power, you can get up. There's nothing like having someone in your corner. You know, I remember when I graduated from seminary back in 1997, and it was... It was, quite frankly, one of the most challenging times of our marriage in our life. And I remember walking through that time. Josh was small, and Hannah was born during that time. And it was three years of of 92-hour master's degree, studying Greek and Hebrew, working full-time, and and, and caring for my family. It was also the greatest learning time in my life. But I'll never forget at graduation— the relief that I felt as I was walking in what used to be the gymnasium there in Grace Campus. Now it's just a, a, a blank yard. But walking in there and knowing, it's over. Finally, I get this degree that says in some minds that you're ready for the next step. And I remember walking into this gym and seeing all these people around who were there to cheer on. All these men and women who had labored hard and diligent to get a degree. And so it was one of those days where I felt this sense of relief. And there's a picture that Ann has of me. I'm standing in line waiting to get in. And I'm just like, finally. And there was a moment during this ceremony that, by God's grace, that they were given some awards. And, and, and they had a award for the faculty award winner. And by God's grace, I'm not here to talk about the, but what happened. I received a faculty award winner as a Grace Seminary grad. But I remember walking up on the stage for this moment, and this, uh, the, the president and the, and the professors, they hand it to me. And, and I was standing there, quite frankly, not wanting to be there, wanting just just give it to me in private. But I looked out in the crowd, and I caught my wife's eyes. And in the back of this room, and I just remember too, she had an allergy breakout that morning, and her face and eyes were kind of swollen, and, and I looked back, and my family from Maryland was there with her, and, and I wanted to see her face and her eyes. And when I did, she put a big grin on her face. And in that moment, it was like, Jim, I am proud of you. Jim, it was worth it. And so I went from her eyes, just a little bit to the right, and I saw my dad. I mean, his chest was out to here. <laughs> he was so proud. And I saw other family, and it was just one of those moments where in the midst of all that was going on, there was people in the crowd that said, I believe in you. 
Great job. You did it. Now listen to me. There are people in the crowd today for you. Not only proud of what you've done, but saying, you can do this. Don't give up. Don't give in. Get up now. So as we begin to walk into this new year, let's pause and remind ourselves that God is not finished with us. And that no obstacle, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Dead bones can walk again. In fact, this is what Ezekiel reminds us of today. Even as I stand in this graveyard where people who have lived and passed on, there's a reminder of them here. And um, let me just read from Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 6. Just listen to this. The hand of the Lord was on me as he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very, very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones, can they live? I said, sovereign Lord, only you know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am your Lord. Imagine that response from Ezekiel as he heard these words, as he was standing in this valley, literally bones all around him. And as he saw this picture where flesh and tendons began to come upon these bones and these bones began to take shape. Imagine him looking around seeing all these bones piled up everywhere. Dead, dry bones. The smell of death in the air. Then God asked him if he thinks that these bones can walk again. Have you ever stood in a graveyard and considered what it would be like to see the dead rise and walk again? Ezekiel was seeing this from God and hearing this from God. And God was saying, there's a time that Israel, literally being in captivity, has no hope whatsoever. And so he, he hears this from God. And God asking him, he says, do you think it's possible for these bones to walk? Do you think it's possible for them to have freedom and, and be completely out of the condition that they're in? Graveyards are supposed to be places where people die. I mean, for instance, just look at some of these names. These people have passed. They're gone. There's... Myers and Rodnauer and someone by the name of Francis. God was giving a picture of the condition of Israel. They were in captivity. There was no freedom. They were defeated. They were literally buried six feet under. It was not a good day for Israel. The Israelites' national hopes at this point had been dashed. It was over as far as the Israelites were concerned. Yet our God looked at him and said, even though you're in captivity, even though it, it appears like there's no life, even though there's no hope, I have good news for you. Your condition could be a lot different than what it is. All you have to do is trust. All you have to do is believe. And you could literally see these bones 
walk again with flesh and blood and tendons and muscles and even life itself. Think about that today. Dead bones can walk again, Scripture tells us. So no matter how bleak it might seem for your family, no matter if your marriage has lost oxygen, no matter if your finances are belly up, no matter if your child has wandered down a path far away from God, no matter if your dreams have been backed into the corner and it appears like you don't even have a corner man, God is saying, these dead bones, this dead situation can drastically change if you trust me and lean on me. Personally, when I find myself in those dark moments where it seems like all those dreams and all those plans and those things that I labored so diligently upon, when it seems like they're not coming together, it's in those times I have to go back to the Word of God and I have to remind myself, not only am I surrounded by other people who have done it, not only can God do it through me, but I need to remind myself of passages, of stories where God came through in a big way because the God that did stuff in the past can do the same for us. I, I often go back to a favorite childhood story. It's one that, you know, you went to and I went to and we all go to, the David and Goliath story. I go there because the odds are stacked against. I go there because everyone was afraid of this obstacle. Everyone let this huge giant come out day after day and just rebuke the living God. And yet it, all it took was one teenage boy who went against all odds seemingly and said, we can overcome this. Have you ever considered this when you think about the account of Goliath? You never see Goliath fighting one in the Bible. All he ever does is talk. Have you ever thought about that? When you go to that account, you never see Goliath fighting anyone. All he does day after day is talk, 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 talk. He never fights anyone. And day after day, he comes out. And with his words, people run. With his words, they are afraid. Think about that for a second. You never see him fighting. But he wins day after day, month after month, by speaking lies that somehow the people believe. Listen, it's no different than our opposer who comes out day after day, hour after hour, with the same kind of lines. You can't do that. It's too difficult. You're the only one that struggles with that. Your hole is too deep. You can't beat me. So day after day, this already defeated enemy comes out and speaks lies to us. We need to stand in the power like David said. And all we have to do is get up, show up, and kick some butts. That's what the Word of God shows us. Now listen to me. How often are you defeated by an enemy who all he does is talk? Think about that for a second. 
the Israelites were belly aching about the condition they found themselves in. Yet God is about to step on the scene if they believe it's possible that they can rely upon him. Hope is God's vehicle to move us out. You see, when we think we're six feet under, just remember God hasn't forgotten about you. Sometimes dry spells can cause us to think so. Now, really think about this. Think about your philosophy for living. How many people spend more time planning their funerals? Some of you have spent thousands and thousands of dollars, hours and hours of visiting funeral homes, and dollars on our deaths. It's like, I know what I'm going to do when I die. I asked Pastor Jim, I asked Pastor so-and-so, you know, I'm going to be buried here. Here's my headstone. I like the blue and not the gray. Here it is. This is my plan for death. Listen, we need to stop spending so much money on our funerals and start spending some money on our dreams. We spend more time thinking about our deaths than we do living. Oh, Pastor Jim, I want, I, I, I want to make sure it's taken care of. Listen, I understand that. But did you put the same kind of effort and cash and resources in a faith, bold move for Jesus Christ? Oh, Americans, Christian Americans, we spend way too much time planning our funerals and not enough time planning our dreams. You see, what we do is we throw in the white towel. It's like, well, it's just too hard. And instead of relying on the corner man, God, we just hope our corner man throws in the towel. Instead of taking this white towel and doing something very, very, very different with it. Instead of taking the white towel we need to, and throwing it in, we need to take the white towel and we need to turn our white towel, our white flag, Instead of planning our deaths, instead of knowing who's going to do our, our message at our funeral, we need to turn our white flags into some checkered flags. We need to be planning for some victories. We need to be saying, by God's power, I'm getting up because Jesus said I can, and I'm going to walk in some resurrection power, and my life is going to be resuscitated, and I'm going to be waving some victories instead of funerals. Listen to me, church. Which philosophy do you live with? Do you throw in the white towel? Or do you turn it into a checkered flag? When I look in Scripture, all over Scripture, Jesus says, I'm not finished. You can do it. I'm sure you faced some moments where you felt like you couldn't go on. However, remember this. The way out of our messes is sometimes challenging because it's been because of our choices and our sin. And sometimes we're buried six feet under, not because of any testing, but because of our sin. And the way out of our, our holes often, the way up is going down to Jesus. And coming before him in a broken, contrite way. Often the way out for us is not up, but down. Often we are too quick to expect God to clean up our sinful messes with a bottle of his heavenly bleach. Without acknowledging 
and taking responsibility for the septic lines that we created in our own lives. You see, maybe we need to recognize it's a sin issue. You see, because what we cover, God will uncover. And what we uncover, God will cover when it comes to sin. So if you're back in this corner and you're six feet under because of your sin and you're hiding your sin, you are covering it. Listen to me. Your sins will be found out. But if you uncover, confess, contrite heart, God will cover. Otherwise, we're just spraying cologne on dead corpse and expecting them to walk again. That's what morticians do, isn't it? They, They go and they make this body that's doesn't have a spirit or soul in it, and they make it smell good and look good, but it's not going to walk again. By the way, Jesus put morticians out of business when he walked on planet Earth. I can guarantee you that Jesus didn't have the business card of Yoder Kalp and Reith Eric Funeral Home in his pocket because he spoke life. He spoke living life. I can guarantee you that, that Jesus didn't sit down and plan funerals for his people. He sat down and helped them to live out their dreams. This week as I walked through that graveyard and read the Ezekiel passage and tried to relive that moment with Ezekiel, I wanted to get as close to dead bones as I could so that somehow make this passage prop up or let me feel the pain that Ezekiel felt. Yet after doing so, God reminded me of this, Jim. It's not just dead bodies. There's comatose Christians everywhere. You see, they're all across America. They say they believe that there's a God, but they deny his power. They confess that they know that God was, died on a cross and, and that he rose from the dead, but their lives are empty vessels without the ruah in it, the Hebrew spirit of the living God. It's as if we're comatose, comatose, just walking these lives. Yeah, there's a God, but there's no life in us. We've given up. You see, we need to remind ourselves more often of our date of birth, our D-O-B, instead of living as though we're D-O-A, dead on arrival. God reminds us, too, of this. Never, never, never give up. I mean, look back at Ezekiel. Look, look how it ends up. Look, quickly look back at Ezekiel chapter 37. Never, never, never give up. Look at verse 7. So I prophesied as I, I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O breath, and breathe into the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and breath entered them. They came to what? What's it say? And stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, will, you my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your land. 
own land, then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done it. So there's this rattling noise and tendons and muscles and, and ligaments and are coming together. And then he breathes life. And these corpse, these skeleton bones are now living. Yet many of us are no better off than a corpse sprayed with cologne. We just go through the motions. And yet God is prophesying that he wants to do so much more through you. Picture if you can, just, and I tried to this week. It was a really heartfelt moment for me. After Ezekiel heard this word from God, as he goes back to his people and he says, listen, here's the word of the Lord. Listen, they're in captivity and they're eating they're eating Babylonian food. They don't like the smell of it. And they're, 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 they're digging in, in, in the trenches. And they're listening to a ruler that, that follows another God. And they're wondering if God is alive. And, and they can see out across the, the battleground all these bones. And they're desperate. And so God sends them to him. He says, listen, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Imagine as he stood before them, as I stand before you today, and sharing this is the word of the Lord. Imagine the IVs of hope being pumped into their veins. Imagine them realizing that God was still who he said he was. Imagine children looking up to their dads and saying, Dad, is he telling the truth? Imagine wives looking to their husbands and saying, Honey, are we really going home? Imagine Junior and Sis running around and saying, We're going home, we're going home, we're going home. It's not over. Let me jump into your corner today and say this to you. Don't you dare say it is over. As long as the living God lives in you, as long as your heart is still moving, it's not over. Get up. God can help you. Here's what all this means to us today. You are able to dig out of your hole. You are not alone. You have a grandstand of saints cheering you on. When I was a Grace College student in the 80s, Warsaw High School made it to the state championship basketball game. And they had a big following, a caravan of supporters who would be surrounding these players, just surrounding them. And so literally on game day, on that Saturday, it felt like everyone from Kosciuszko County left. I mean, it was just car after call, taggers, taggers, Warsaw, taggers, Warsaw, taggers. I mean, they talked about it all week. They were going to cheer their team on. In fact, at the edge of Warsaw on, 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 on State Road 15, south of town, someone had went the day before they left and, and put up this sign that said this. The last person that leaves, please turn the lights out. It was this well of support, this crowd cheering them on. Imagine as this bus drove past this sign that was already there as they're heading to the state final and they're thinking about the six foot four guy and the guard that could drain them from 25 feet 
And after watching all of these tapes, imagine the coaches as they had strategy and they're wondering, do we have what it takes? Imagine as they exited Warsaw and they're heading out of town and all of a sudden someone says, look. And they saw this sign that said, if you're the last one out of town, turn off the lights. Imagine what that did for them, knowing that everyone is cheering them on. Listen to me, Grace. You can get up no matter how deep the hole you have dug. So, which flag are you going to fly this year? I know which one I'm flying. And it's not going to be this one. Get up. Run to the arms of our God. God is your corner man. Never underestimate what God can do for you. Lord, give us a picture of that this week. Father God, I pray that we would breathe life and not death. I pray, God, that we wouldn't be planning our funerals, but that we would be waving our checkered flags. I pray, God, that from this day forward, that we would get up and we would not let the voice of the enemy who talks on and on and on and on keep us from getting up. God, we are safe in your arms. Help us to look to you as the corner man this week. In Jesus' name, amen.